O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, December 22nd. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit, as it is written in Isaiah 55.11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shemot, and it means names. Exodus 3, 1-15 Now Moses tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, drove the flock into the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of Hashem. An angel of Hashem appeared to him in a blazing fire out of a bush. He gazed, and there was a bush all aflame, yet the bush was not consumed. Moses said, I must turn aside to look at this marvelous sight. Why doesn't the bush burn up? When Hashem saw that he had turned aside to look. Hashem called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. He answered, Here I am. And he said, Do not come closer. Remove your sandals from your feet, for the place on which you stand is holy ground. I am, he said, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at Hashem. And Hashem continued, I have marked well the plight of my people in Egypt, 
and have heeded their outcry because of their taskmasters. Yes, I am mindful of their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the region of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now the cry of the Israelites has reached me. Moreover, I have seen how the Egyptians oppress them. Come, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, and you shall free my people, the Israelites, from Egypt. But Moses said to Hashem, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and free the Israelites from Egypt? And he said, I will be with you. That shall be your sign that it was I who sent you. And when you have freed the people from Egypt, you shall worship Hashem at this mountain. Moses said to Hashem, When I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And Hashem said to Moses, Eye, Asher, Eye. I am that I am. He continued, Thus shall you say to the Israelites, I am sent me to you. And Hashem said further to Moses, Thus shall you speak to the Israelites, Hashem, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This shall be my name forever, this my name for all eternity. Zechariah 2, 1-3, I looked up and I saw four horns. I asked the angel who talked with me, What are those? Those, he replied, are the horns that tossed Yehuda, Israel, and Jerusalem. Then Hashem showed me four smiths. What are they coming to do? I asked. He replied, Those are the horns that tossed Yehuda so that no man could raise his head, and these men have come to throw them into a panic, to hew down the horns of the nations that raise a horn against the land of Yehuda, to toss it. I looked up and I saw a man holding a measuring line. Where are you going? I asked. To measure Jerusalem, he replied, to see how long and wide it is. But the angel who talked with me came forward, and another angel came forward to meet him. The former said to him, Run to that young man and tell him, Jerusalem shall be peopled as a city without walls, so many shall be the men and cattle it contains. And I myself, declares Hashem, will be a wall of fire all around it, and I will be a glory inside it. Away, away, flee from the land of the north, says Hashem, though I swept you there like the four winds of heaven, declares Hashem. Away, escape, O Zion, you who dwell in fair Babylon. For thus said the Lord of hosts, He who sent me after glory concerning the nations that have taken you as spoil. Whoever touches you touches the pupil of his own eye. For I will lift my hand against them, 
and they shall be spoiled for those they enslaved. Then you shall know that I was sent by the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Savaiot. Shout for joy, fair Zion, for lo, I come, and I will dwell in your midst, declares Hashem. In that day many nations will attach themselves to Hashem and become his people, and he will dwell in your midst. Then you will know that I was sent to you by the Lord of hosts. Hashem will take Yehuda to himself as his portion in the Holy Land, and he will choose Jerusalem once more. Be silent, all flesh, before Hashem, for he is roused from his holy habitation. He further showed me Yahashua, the Kohen Gadol, standing before the angel of Hashem, and the accuser standing at his right to accuse him. But the angel of Hashem said to the accuser, Hashem rebuke you, O accuser. May Hashem, who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you, for this is a brand plucked from the fire. Now Yahashua was clothed in filthy garments when he stood before the angel. The latter spoke up and said to his attendants, Take the filthy garments off him. And he said to him, See, I have removed your guilt from you, and you shall be clothed in priestly robes. Then he gave the order, Let a pure diadem be placed on his head. And they placed the pure diadem on his head and clothed him in priestly garments, as the angel of Hashem stood by. And the angel of Hashem charged Yahashua as follows, Thus said the Lord of hosts, If you walk in my paths and keep my charge, you in turn will rule my house and guard my courts, and I will permit you to move about among these attendants. Hearken well, O high priest Yahashua, you and your fellow Kohenim sitting before you. For those men are a sign that I am going to bring my servant, the branch. For mark well this stone which I placed before Yahashua, a single stone with seven eyes. I will execute its engraving, declares the Lord of hosts. And I will remove the country's guilt in a single day. In that day, declares the Lord of hosts, you will be inviting each other to the shade of vines and fig trees. Revelation 13, 1-18 And I, John, stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon its horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, and his seat, and great authority. And I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon which gave power to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And there was given to him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given to him to continue forty-two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. 
and it was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them, and power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him, and causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound was healed. And he does great wonders, so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceives them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save that he have the mark or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred and sixty-six. Psalm 141, 1-10 Lord, I cry unto you, make haste unto me, give ear unto my voice when I cry unto you. Let my prayer be set forth before you as incense, and the lifting of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth, and keep the door of my lips. Incline not my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men that work iniquity, and let me not eat of their dainties. Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness, and let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil, which shall not break my head, for yet my prayer also shall be in their calamities. When their judges are overthrown in stony places, they shall hear my words, for they are sweet." Our bones are scattered at the grave's mouth, as when one cuts and cleaves wood upon the earth. But my eyes are unto you, O God the Lord, and you is my trust. Leave not my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me, and the gins of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I escape. Proverbs 30, 18-20 There be three things which are too wonderful for me, yes, four which I know not, the way of an eagle in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Such is the way of an adulterous woman, 
She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Exodus chapter 3. Then we're going to jump into Zechariah 2 and 3. And finally, we'll end up in Revelation chapter 13. So in Exodus, I'd like to begin actually with chapter 2, with the two concluding verses from that chapter, verses 24 and 25. Hashem heard their moaning, and Hashem remembered his covenant with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Hashem looked upon the Israelites, and Hashem took notice of them. And then in chapter 3, verse 7, And Hashem continued, I have marked well the plight of my people in Egypt and have heeded their outcry because of their taskmasters. Yes, I am mindful of their sufferings. Beloved, we now live in a day that is not that different from when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt. They cried out under the bondage of their slavery, under the suffering and the oppression and the tyranny that they were under. And today, many people throughout the world are greatly suffering. There are political prisoners locked up in filthy jail cells in Washington, D.C., the Washington Gulag. And they've been in in jail for months and months and months with no due process. They are suffering. There are many people who cannot buy food in Canada unless they show a vaccine passport proving that they have been vaccinated. There are many people who have been coerced, forced, intimidated to get the vaccine jab. And it's really not a vaccine. It's a bioweapon. It is a bioweapon. It's not a vaccine who were forced and coerced to get the jab, and then they died or were severely impacted with adverse reactions. According to the VAERS data, more than 22,000 people have died in the U.S. alone, and that is a conservative figure. The figure is probably much, much more than that. Many more have been hospitalized, have suffered severe, Reactions to the jab. Many are in lockdown in Australia, in Austria, in New Zealand, in Germany. Lockdown and quarantine businesses have been shuttered and shut down. Many people throughout the nations are suffering because of this whole tyrannical power grab using medical tyranny as the handle for grabbing the power. And so, what must we do? Well, we can all take action in some small way. We can have an impact in our local community. Whatever your area of expertise is, whether it's media or politics or education, you can shine your light and get involved at the local level within your sphere of influence. But one thing we can all do, and that is we can cry out and we can pray, even as the Israelites did in their time when they were in bondage and slavery 
to Egyptian Pharaoh. Because we see from these verses, God says, I have marked well the plight of my people in Egypt and have heeded their outcry because of their taskmasters. Yes, I am mindful of their sufferings. And we want the Lord to be mindful of our sufferings today throughout all the nations. And so we need to cry out to him like never before in our prayer closets. We need to cry out to him for the children that are being jabbed and are suffering with heart attacks and strokes, for the athletes in the top of their prime condition in their 20s and 30s that are dropping dead on soccer fields and being taken away on ambulance carrier mats. We need to cry out for all the small businesses that have been shut down because of these tyrannical lockdowns. We need to cry out because God's people are suffering. And he will hear, and he will move, and he will act, and he will remember his covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there will be another deliverance, another greater exodus to come. Now I want to jump into Zechariah chapter 2, and I want to look at verses 10 and 11, where it is written, Away, away, flee from the land of the north, says Hashem, though I swept you there like the four winds of heaven, declares Hashem. Away, escape, O Zion, you who dwell in fair Babylon. That is a word and a message for all of us today. We have been scattered to all the nations of the earth, whether we be Jewish or non-Jewish, all of God's people. We are scattered. And some of the Jews are fortunate enough to live in the land of Israel now. But right now, Israel is under tyranny also, just like Australia and Germany and Canada and America. They're under tyranny because of this whole pandemic. But what God is saying here is, escape, O Zion, you who dwell in fair Babylon. And we dwell in Babylon today. I believe the United States of America is is the end of days daughter of Babylon nation that is spoken of in Jeremiah 50 and 51 and also in Isaiah 13. And this Babylon end-time nation is going to be destroyed. She will be militarily attacked by a coalition of nations from the north. That attack is imminent. Things are ratcheting up. China is ready and poised and willing and wants to attack Taiwan and take Taiwan back. Russia is ready and willing and poised and wants to take Ukraine back. And both Russia and China have a common enemy, the United States of America. If those two regions flare up and fl- as a flashpoint, that truly does become World War III. So there's an axis of evil that is forming with Russia, China, possibly Iran, and possibly North Korea, those nations that might one day militarily attack the United States, 
We are seen as weak right now, with the incompetent fool who now occupies the White House. We on the world stage are viewed as very weak and vulnerable. And that is when enemies tend to attack. Continuing on in chapter 2, verse 16. Hashem will take Yehuda to himself as his portion in the Holy Land, and he will choose Jerusalem once more. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. There are many explanations of the meaning of Jerusalem. The Hebrew name for Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, is the Hebrew name for Jerusalem. According to the sages, the name Yerushalayim comes from the words Yira and Shalem. Yira is the Hebrew word for awe, and Shalem means complete. Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach explained that the name Yerushalayim therefore means complete, self-effacing awe, completely submitting oneself to God. The holy city is special and beloved to man because God loves it so much. This is also how we relate to the entire land of Israel. We love it because he loves it. Continuing on in chapter 3, we see that Joshua comes before Hashem and he is wearing filthy garments as he stands before the angel. And the angel tells him, take the filthy garments off of him, and I will remove your guilt, and you'll be clothed in priestly robes. And then he says, put a pure diadem upon his head. Verse 7, thus said the Lord of hosts, Yahweh Savayot, if you walk in my paths and keep my charge, you in turn will rule my house and guard my courts, and I will permit you to move about among these attendants. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In this chapter, Yahashua, or Joshua, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, has his dirty clothes removed, symbolic of the removal of his sins. Joshua is told that if he walks in the ways of Hashem and follows his commandments, he will be allowed to move about these attendants. These attendants refers to the angels in the vision, implying that Joshua will be granted the ability to engage in direct communion with Hashem, just as the angels do. Some, however, interpret this to mean that Joshua will be given the right to enter Israel's most sacred spot, the Holy of Holies, in the Beit HaMikdash in the temple, in Jerusalem, where the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, would enter once a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. Now, finally, I want us to look in Revelation chapter 13. And I want us to look at verses 16 and 17, and then ask the question, how far are we from that being fulfilled? Verse 16, and he causes all, that is the Antichrist, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he have the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. So how far are we from this mark of the beast? Well, it is a system, and it is, it is right now under construction. It is a ginormous, huge system because, again, 
it's going to involve every single person on planet Earth. So this system has to cross national borders and boundaries. But here's an indication of how close we are to it. I'm reading a news headline that says, Mark of the Beast in Sweden, get your COVID-19 certificate linked to your chip implant. Any arguments you hear on television or social media about Sweden being a free society absent of COVID tyranny are a farce. I took a big step in destroying that facade in this report last week. Here's a video proving that COVID-19 jab passports appear destined to be a normal part of Swedish society. As I noted in the previous report, microchip implants have gained notoriety in Sweden. The Scandinavian nation finally took the first steps of introducing vaccine passports by requiring proof of COVID-19 injection for events of 100 or more people. But don't worry about the inconvenience of carrying an extra piece of paper around to attend your events. In Sweden, your COVID-19 certificate can link to your microchip implant. And the microchip implant is in the hand between the thumb and the first finger. So the technology is there, and it is already, in some places in the world, being implemented. And as for being able to buy or sell, that you cannot buy or sell without that mark, what is already happening with this vaccine, this bioweapon? In Canada, there are some grocery stores that will not allow you to buy food unless you prove that you have been jabbed. If you have not been jabbed, if you are unvaccinated, you cannot buy groceries. You cannot buy food. Many, many uh, employees at the federal level and state level, pilots, nurses, doctors, have been fired, terminated, or they have quit because they would not take the jab. So, Again, these are all steps and stages moving us in the direction of the mark of the beast. Now, is the jab itself the mark of the beast? I don't believe we're there yet, but it's a step and it's a stage. And I believe there will ultimately be a a future uh, jab. I won't call it a vaccine because it's not. It's a bioweapon. A future jab that will be um, a booster that could very well be the actual mark of the beast, where there is a chip deployed within the serum. And it would be placed between the thumb and the finger. And that this chip that is deployed in the serum would allow you to buy or sell. And without that chip, you can't buy or sell. So this is about a global reset. This is about getting rid of fiat currency. It's about control and tyranny. It's about the end of days B system rising. So we're seeing the steps and the stages slowly being deployed, actually very rapidly being deployed. So we're in the season. I believe we will see the mark of the beast deployed in our lifetime. It's not that far away. So we are to take heart and we are to look up. We're to continue to cry out unto Yahweh, unto Yeshua, and and cry out 
that we are under bondage, we are under oppression, we are under tyranny, and to cry out for him to bring forth redemption and deliverance. And he will hear our cry, and he will come, and he will deliver us. He will send the 144,000 Moses-like figures that will be deployed throughout the earth to protect God's people. And Yeshua himself will return in cloud by day and pillar of fire by night to lead his people on a journey home to Israel during the time known as Jacob's trouble, the Great Tribulation. So look up. Our redemption draws near. Shalom, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai Adonai the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.